0: Hi and welcome to the Pride Road Architects Podcast. I'm Lisa, Lisa Raines, and each episode I'll talk to people who interest me in the world of architecture and business. So join me and fellow lions and lionesses as we explore architecture in the den. So hi everyone and welcome to Architecture in the Den with me, your host Lisa, Lisa Rains from Pride Road Architects and uh, today I'm delighted that Andrew Jarman um, is joining us. Uh, Would you like to say hello and and just introduce yourself?
1: Hi Lisa, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, I'm Andrew Jarman, I'm an architect at Ellis Williams Architects um, in Warrington and I am an ambassador for the uh, Architects Benevolence Society as
2: well.
0: Fantastic. So, well, thanks for coming on. We, um, um, as I said, this is just a, a, a gent- gentle conversation. So we we met um, when you organised um, an event over at Liverpool, John Moores. Yeah, so, event.
1: yeah, so it was a wellbeing symposium, so... Um, I organised it in sort of collaboration with the um, Liverpool Architecture Foundation um, and Liverpool Architectural Society. Um, and so we had uh, members of the, we had sort the of deputy head and the head of the Architecture Schools of Liverpool, um, yourself, um, a local architect, um, Sarah Harrison, um and um Melissa Kirkpatrick who's another ABS um, ambassador um, who wrote her dissertation on well-being so it was um I, I suppose I wanted to do it because um it's an area that I'm quite passionate about um and just wanted to really have a conversation about sort of the reasons why or how architecture has an impact on on how we feel and well-being, and and rather than sort of talk about, you know, there's a lot of talk about doing yoga and all those exercise and all those sorts of things about sort of combating if you're feeling low or whatever. But I sort of wanted to have a conversation about well, what other things specific to architecture that contribute to, um, you know, poor well-being, you know, the way that fees are structured, the way projects are run um the way that people operate companies all that sort of stuff so um yeah I think it was a it was a it was a really interesting conversation I thought
0: mm. Oh well you had you drew a, a massive audience it was uh, quite intimidating
1: <laughs> yeah it's good to, I, I I think that probably I think that probably says a lot about mm. um I guess it, it, in the last few years well-being has just become a much much more talked about thing, I think, and people are, you know, particularly, I think younger people, especially are more engaged with it and want to talk about it more.
0: Mm. So um, how did you get involved in the Architecture Benevolence Society?
1: Um, I originally sort of found out about them a long time ago when I was a part two. Um, And then I, when I, after I qualified, I was having quite a difficult time. personally and the, the job was definitely contributing to that um, and I think I sort of had a bit of a mental health crisis um, 2019 in the summer um, and I knew I needed some form of help um, and I spoke to my GP first and, and they sort of said that it would be sort of like six weeks before I could get a phone call with someone and then it would likely be another six, seven months before I get to potentially, um, speak to a psychotherapist, you know, on, on a sort of regular basis. Um, so I got in touch with the ABS cause I knew that they did, they provided help for people. Um, I mean, they, they provided for architects, anyone who works in architectural practice now, um, but yeah, I knew that they could help. So I got in touch with them. And within about two weeks of my first phone call, um, I had my first counseling session of CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. So it was within two weeks of getting in touch with them, uh, they'd basically, they have a partnership with um, a charity called Anxiety UK. <clears throat> so Anxiety UK, uh, basically I, I sort of had a series of counselling with um, Anxiety UK but the ABS basically paid for it so that was how that worked and then that had a really big impact on my life um, it was a really positive experience so and I, I sort of started talking more about well-being and I, I've done a couple of sort of talks in my office about my experience um, and I sort of wanted to start giving back so i became an ambassador for the abs um so yeah i'm just sort of trying to do more uh you know get get the word about about what the abs can do and just more about mental health in general
0: Mm. so if you're an architect and you wanted some support you can what is it a website that you can go to yeah
1: they've got a they've got a website if you just google architects benevolent society it's um i think it's like abs.org or something but um they've got a website so you can submit um an email if you need help or there's a there's a phone line on there as well um so yeah you just get in touch with them and then they'll they'll direct you appropriately basically they've got counsellors in in-house i think who you can speak to um but they also they support people in a really wide range of um, ways. So they do health. Uh, they can help help people with health issues. They can help with employment issues. Um, they can help with financial issues. Um, debt, all sorts of all sorts of stuff. Um, mental health is just a particular thing that I benefit from. Mm, mm. And uh,
0: is it based in London or? It's...
1: Yes, yeah, they are. They are based in London. Um, there's sort of there's ambassadors um, all over the country now, um, but the the sort of the, my counselling specifically was um, that was all, all done remotely. Um, so you can get help from from the ABS from from anywhere basically.
0: Mm. And what sort of support did you have from your employers whilst you were going through it?
1: Um, I. I spoke to them. I, I sort of. It was on holiday that I actually sort of had like a bit of a crisis. Um, when I came back, I um, called them. Um, I think I can't remember the order, but basically, I was I was uh, I was off sick for four weeks um, with depression. Um, so I basically called my employer and said, "Look, you know, there's all this stuff going on." um yeah i've got this note four weeks send that off to them i think um and and then actually i i had a new sort of towards the end of that four week period part, part of the reason i was struggling was being uh feeling quite isolated socially where i was in york um and i basically knew that i didn't really want to stay there um so, sort of towards the end of that period, one of my friends said, "Look, we're we're hiring. Send your CV in." And that was that was in Liverpool. Um, and obviously, you're not you sort of supposed to declare, or you're supposed to be upfront if you go back to work or or whatever. So, I, I called them while I was off sick on the last few days and said, "Look, um, I, I'll obviously I, I'll plan to come back to work in the next few days, but I'd like to go and take this interview because." I just need the change, and they were—they were like, "Yeah, that's fine. We understand. We sort of didn't expect you to come back." So they were—they're were really understanding about it, which um, yeah, which which made it a lot easier than it perhaps could have been if it was a employee who wasn't that sympathetic to
0: it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's kind of important to get those messages out there.
1: Yeah, I think so. And all. All the I think part of the reason why I sort of started doing more in, in this area was because all the conversations I've had about mental health with people whenever I've been quite sort of frank about these sort of things the the feedback and the conversations that I've had have been really good you know a lot of people have been really sort of honest with me in in sort of in reply and I think that just comes from sometimes people just don't know that it's if you've already taken that leap to say, look, I struggle with this and that, then they feel like they can open up and have that conversation because they know it's not going to be a judgmental. Mm. thing. Um, and I think actually as well, I was in the in the interview I had, I was, I, I said to them that I was currently on sick leave, but my employee knew I was there and had a really honest conversation with the. Um, the hiring person there. said yeah my brothers you know he he had family experiences of that so that was really you know to start off somewhere where they'd already understood that was uh was was yeah it was really it was a really good experience yeah
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. so what is there anything that employers (coughs) can do to help um or um
2: Um,
1: I, I can't think of anything specifically, I think, I think just having, I think people just need to sort of open, open the dialogue up really and make sure that people know it's okay to, you know, to be, to be having, you know, a, mental health is such a, everyone's, everyone's got it. And, you know, it doesn't, everyone knows someone who's, you know, struggled or, or what have you. Um, there are companies out there that sort of specialise in sort of like wellbeing consultancies. Um, it's not something I've looked into in in too much detail, but there are wellbeing consultancies there who draw up, um, wellbeing sort of strategies for businesses, whether any, I don't know if many architectural practices have that, I think possibly just due to scale. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was quite interested when, you know, part of the reason I sort of asked, asked you to be involved was you obviously sort of, um, you know, you set up Pride Road. I think you said that that wasn't particularly by choice and I just thought it was interesting with your franchising experience. I wondered what your sort of experiences were of architecture and wellbeing in general.
0: Yeah, well, I, I set up um, sort of Pride Road... Well, no, I set up on my own twelve years ago because I'd been made redundant twice whilst on maternity leave. So, you know, I've I've got three kids. So, wow. first time, you know, um, f- yeah, for, for first time I was made redundant. Um, I'd, I was on mat leave. Um, so baby was four months old and I got written a letter to say that the, uh, the office was closing down goodbye. And it was like, right. Right. Okay.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's, that's terrible, isn't it? Really?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I, I just had to, I just had to kind of pick myself up and and just crack on and get straight out there. Um, Mm. You know, people were saying, oh, you should have taken them to tribunal and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, um, at the time, you know, I I didn't want to dwell on it. I just wanted Mm. to move forward and get back into the workplace. And so we kind of um, sent my cV out and got interviews. and I was in back in employment sort of a couple of months later. Um, then uh, when I had my second child, um it was the boom. um so the economy uh. was very buoyant. It was like, <laughs> two thousand and five. <laughs> Uh, Oh, my God, she's 18 soon. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so architecture was born 18 years ago. Um, And my company was really supportive. um, And, you know, gave me um, sort of a slightly better maternity package. So I took six months out and went back in. And then... um, in 2010, um, we had the crash. Well, it was after the crash. And um, I sort of decided to take, well, to have child number three. Um, and then took a year out. And it was just on statutory maternity, which is atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. You no, know, you can't, you know, statutory maternity is like 100 quid a week. So, you know, we just had to self fund it. Um, And then um, when I went back, they were just letting, having to let go of people and they kind of, they basically de skilled me or I was, felt like I was de skilled because I'd been out for so long and I'd lost my confidence. In fact, I think I, I tried. The RIBA was running um, a return to work course uh, in London at the time, and it was yeah. heavily subsidised. Um, and I remember asking for su- some support to go, um, and they let they let me go, but they did, I don't think they gave, gave me financial support to go, but they gave me the time off to go. Um, and and that was that was quite that was really good at kind of just boosting your confidence back up um but then after been in been back in practice they they kind of closed my position oh. which was um not great <laughs> no i can imagine yeah so three kids breadwinner and then you know back out in the uh in the, In the marketplace at the time when like fifty percent of all architects lost their jobs tough, so,
2: tough times,
0: yeah, so I ended up kind of doing all the interview rounds, but there were' there were no jobs, so i I kind of had to set up on my own out of necessity, yeah rather than choice um, but I mean for that was good for me. Because I had, you know, um, um, I, I, I mean, I'm the eldest child of three. My brother's got learning difficulties. Okay. So I've kind of always had to step up. Yeah. Um. So, I guess I was <laughs> I was parenting from a very young age,
2: right You're used life. to it. you've got that resilience,
0: yeah, so I kind of got that, I, yeah, I got that resilience. um and, you know, for me, it was like just get out there and you know made loads of mistakes, but just kept on striding through and striding through and striding through mm. and um you know, and made it work. Um, you know, every time I made a mistake, I kind of found solutions. Um, and then eventually I got confident in being able to find solutions. And, you know, it, it's, you know, with that resilience. Um, at the time I, I did... So I'd gone out on my own, and there were I, there was some e oh it European directive funding for um so like um business development um in Blackburn, and I kind of just managed to get it, and we ended up group in um, group mentoring, and there was an incredible coach, business coach um called Imelda Keith and um she facilitated these meetings and then just one d- <laughs> yeah one, one day she just, just kind of looked at me and went are you okay <laughs> Like, hmm. <laughs> and it just went hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah I think yeah I think it's it's interesting the, the point you sort of say about about resiliency and confidence I think that's quite I think that's huge for especially younger members of, of a team who, you know, um, might just, just, I think I certainly, as a, as a a sort of, when I was a part two and stuff, um, I think you, you, you're so grateful to have a job that you perhaps don't see it as a two way thing. And you don't realize that, you know, whoever you're working for is, um you know I, I don't know what the metrics are like for part ones but in you know in terms of how much profit they make off you but you know once you've been in practice for a while you know the company the company's probably is making money off you and it's a you know it's a reciprocal relationship and i think i i found it hard quite early on to be um i, I suppose just to know what my own worth was to a practice
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and I think that's, yeah, I think that's really, really important to, you know, to, to know that actually, yeah, it is a two-way street and, you know, yeah, you get a job and you get an experience and, you know, they teach you and all that sort of stuff, but you're, you know, you're you're a resource for them also. Mm-hmm. Um, you making them fees, hopefully, if you you know, doing your job reasonably well. Um, and yeah, it goes, it goes both ways for sure.
0: Mm. I mean, the Meldra always, to, well, talks about the Competence um, curve. It's you, you start off, you know, you start off by being. Um, you did what is it? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, you're. I mean, I look at my kids and I can see it because you know, like teenagers, you know, they're they're just. You know powerful because you know they can't they they don't know what they don't know and yeah yeah those you know kids coming in going yeah, i want to be be an architect i'm gonna be an architect i'm good at maths. i can do this yeah oh. this is, you know and they kind of battle for it and then as you start going through architecture education you start to realize how vast the the field is And so you kind of start into that, um, kind of, you then start to know what you don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I always think the more more you know, the less, like, the more you know, the less you know, or the more you realise that you actually, you know, less. There's more and more stuff that you don't know anything about.
0: And it is so scary Mm. until you finally bridge that kind of, it's okay not to know everything. Mm. You, uh, but the scary thing is when you pretend to know everything.
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really interesting. Actually, like you mentioned, mistakes earlier. you have to make a lot of them, and I think I, I, I listened to like a couple of podcasts where I remember hearing about uns- uncertainty makes us uncomfortable in general a lot of the time and I think as an architect you are you are uncertain about a lot of things mm. like all the time but it's i guess that what comes with experience is knowing what level of uncertainty is okay at w- what stage mm. is knowing what information is what level of information is okay for now mm. and then we need to know that and then after that we need to know that that's a really hard thing to to get your head around, and you know, it, it, even for me, still, I'm yeah. relatively young, but a, you know, project architect on 10 20 million pound buildings, is still really hard to sort of, yeah, to accept that uncertainty sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um yeah especially kind of you start off wanting to kind of go zoom straight into detail and it's about just trying to keep that review perspective or helicopter view and just kind of constantly look down and kind of see what you're doing and make sure it's it's going in the right direction and it, it it's one of the reasons why i set up the franchise because you know, I kind of realised that I'd kind of built this path and made loads of mistakes. Um, sort of not just in architecture, but in the structure of the business and how I ran the business, oh. um, how I dealt with clients, things that I said, things that I didn't say. Um, and I realised that there was such a massive gap with, you know, people, people kind of wanting to step out on their own but being not having the confidence to do it, yeah. So the franchise provides that kind of umbrella structure um, and support, you know. So we can um, share experience. We take take people through the steps. We kind of we 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 um, share our experience, um, and then we're just we're constantly learning as well from each other. Each yeah. other you know because we change you know legislation always changes the climate's always changing um you know materials change and so you know we're constantly learning constantly evolving and we do that with the system within the system but you know we're still really quite structured uh, I yeah love structure um and it really does help um yeah so so that's that's what we are here for Mm. I remember when I set it up, it was about ABC. It was like architectural support, business support, and then confidence and coaching. Right.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. A
0: lot of what we do is about that confidence and coaching. So, not only is it talking to me, but we have kind of um, Emelda's still involved. She talks to right on a regular basis and and provides coaching through which is um there's brilliant because it's it's about kind of mindset Um, yeah
1: I I must admit I I don't think I don't think I'd ever go it alone I don't think I'm not I'm not convinced that's really for me I think if I was going to start my own business at some point it'd probably be with with a colleague so that was at least you know you've got someone that you can you can bounce ideas off because I think architecture on you know whether it's you know you're practicing on your own or or just on a project on your own and you're not you know it it needs it needs people to bounce off ideas and you know one one method of thinking is only you know you can apply this to a building or all sorts of different things like one method of thinking or one person's thinking is it's going to be a little bit cyclical Mm -hmm. Whereas two people are obviously going to they think differently. They'll have different thoughts about certain things. And that's usually going to be a, a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I kind of always often looked around at people who were in partnerships and was quite jealous of them, <laughs> you know, just to have someone to bounce off. But mm-hmm. for me, I never quite found the right person mm-hmm. to do that with. Um, so, yeah, forged <laughs> ahead with the franchise structure. and Now I've I've created a team that we work with constantly, which is lovely. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? Like human relationships make a massive difference to, mm-hmm. you know, work ones. Sort of one of my one of my best friends who, who's the one who uh, mentioned that the Liverpool practice I was at previously was hiring when I was off sick. He, we worked together at, at university, and I think we you know, we've always got, always got on really well personally, but when we were working uh, together, we were always just really honest with each other and just trusted each other and respected each other. And that just made a big, you know, whenever we were sort of struggling with a, a technical problem or or maybe it was a contractual thing, we'd always go and ask each other, what what do you think of this? And, you know, just being able to be completely honest with someone and know, you know, and trusting them and having that sort of mutual um just respect all of those sorts of things made made just made for a really good sort of team I think that's really important
0: I mean I remember back at architecture school you know you were very much siloed and it was very isolating mm. your work you know it was like you know you kind of kept your work to yourself and you didn't share until the crit. and then you then you had to put it on a wall and it was horrific mm. So got, and, so got.
1: and you never you never really i mean as a i guess as a solo practitioner there's a perhaps a bit of that but you know m- most architecture you know you don't you don't work in a silo like that you you know you've got a brief you've got a client you've got a contractor you've got all these different people who've got all these inputs and it's not it's not about you wanting this 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 it's about you know meeting a brief and meeting a, a time frame and you know meeting all these criteria it's not just oh well, i really wanted this big fancy swirly building and
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: I, it did sort of used to frustrate me at uni when people would sort of say well i want it to be this this and and this and i don't know I just always yeah it's, it's not it's it's you don't work in a silo so
0: mm-hmm. I think that that uh, I mean it certainly seems sort of more teamwork happening at, at university nowadays. Um, mm. uh, yeah, my stepson's at Manchester doing architecture, and you know he's constantly talking about teamwork. So hopefully things have changed, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Right. And all of a sudden, time is drawing to an end. That <laughs> I mean, went quickly. I know, I know. I mean, if we think about sort of listeners um, to this podcast, it could be, um, there could be architects, there could be architectural students, there could be architects thinking about going alone. Um, I think there's there's quite a lot in here about support, the support that there is out there, especially from the ABS. Yeah and just reach yeah in.
1: yeah i would just urge anyone who does need help with whatever it be just get in touch with the abs and they can they can help you help guide you to sort of the right guidance different organizations they work with like shelter or anxiety uk and uh debt charities or all, all that sort of thing they uh yeah really helpful for anyone who's listening who might need some help
0: so and we'll put the links in the in the description so great okay yeah well thank you very much andrew for coming on well thank
1: you for having me alisa
0: okay no uh, pleasure uh if anyone's listening uh, please get in touch if you um uh would well want to carry on talking about this sort of topic or um want to come on the show and uh talk about your experience in architecture So, bye, goodbye, Andrew. Cheers. Thank you for joining me, Lisa Rains, for Architecture in the Den. If you want to find out about franchising, check out our website, prideroadfranchise.co.uk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and leave a review and do get in touch through your favorite platform if you'd like to be a guest.